Christopher Cardambicus, and you're listening to Paper Cuts. This weekend, I'm at the Toronto Editions Fair uh, in Toronto, Ontario, and we are sitting below Art Toronto, a larger art fair within uh, the Metro Convention Centre, and sitting at what is the book fair component of it. And I'm hanging out with Quentin from Vide Press. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about with this is with every book fair, I get to meet new friends and new people within the bookmaking and printmaking community. And last year at Edition Toronto, my first time here, uh, Quentin and I were neighbors and we got to hang out for four, four long days, uh, <laughs> buying each other coffees and trading prints. So Quentin, thanks for hanging out with me this time in another capacity. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> so to get started just understanding what Veed Press is, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about what you do and why you're doing it? Um, yeah, I'm uh, an independent risograph printing studio. So I offer risograph printing services, solely risograph, um, but also I do all the finishing and everything. Um, why am I doing this? Well, I just love printing, you know? <laughs> I've been printing for so long, uh, mostly in like a corporate setting that uh, I was introduced to risograph by a friend and just was kind of enamored with the hands-on nature of it and the beauty and kind of handmade look of it so I thought it was just like more my style more creative approach to printing that I could do yeah so I just went on with that so briefly can you talk about what a risograph process is and why you enjoy it um, yeah the risograph process it's basically like a photocopier with uh, screen printing guts um, and it kind of prints at the speed of an offset press if needed up to like 9,000 sheets an hour. Um, part of it is uh, you're basically making color separations like screen printing. You pass the paper through the machine um, multiple times depending on how many colors you have and each color is uh, housed in its own large like basically 40 pound drum canister cartridge that you have to load like a torpedo into the machine yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time you want to use it um, and it's a semi-automated stencil making process so you don't have the mess of silk screening um, you just can send the uh, the color layer via USB or off the glass yeah, yeah. and why what was the second question <laughs> oh, yeah. why, why do you enjoy printing with it I enjoy printing with the risograph because it's a challenge. <laughs> um, it's always a surprise and an experiment. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Um, it's just kind of like more fun, more hands-on than like a regular digital printer. It's less messy than say printing with an offset press, which I've also done. And uh, the results are always just interesting. And it's kind of like a video game, too, when you're trying to uh, align your registration as it goes through. You can you can move the registration around with the there's little buttons on the top of the machine that you can move around on the fly. So that's always fun. <laughs> that's, that's a better analogy. I never really connected that. So when I'm teaching students, I can be like, oh, yeah, no, it's a video game. You just like move yeah. it left and right. Um, that will make it a lot easier. Yeah. And try and get the, the marks to fit in the proper spot. Yeah. And you have a lot on your table with you here at the fair. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the people that you work with, but also 
how you're choosing to work with people. Right. Okay. Um, I guess the I don't really choose to work with people. It's more people choose to work with me. I'm pretty uh, non-discriminatory with my Rezo printing. I'm a Rezo printing service, so business is business. Um, but I'm one of the cool things about this process is that it's mostly attracts artists and like small organizations. So I get to work with like the community more so than say like a large corporation. Um, so that's, that's nice. It's kind of another reason why I kind of went along this route of printing Rezograph is because it just seemed more personal. Um, and the people who I have on the table, uh, one of the, one of the main ones is uh my friend jp king who also taught me how to use the risograph and is an incredible designer and writer and so on he's a man of many talents here in, in toronto um he's been designing this calendar forever that uh i've been printing for the last several years for him and uh, definitely a good feature on the table um and some other postcards and things by him um and then i've got Let's see, I've got Cantheus Journal, which is uh, like a, f- a feminist literary arts journal. It's all female and female-identifying Canadian writers, editors, contributors, everybody involved. There's like some features on like, I think one of them has a videographer feature, and another one has like a textile designer feature. So it's all, there's a lot of different people in there. And uh, then I've got some other prints for uh, an animator friend of mine who did some... Uh, uh, some life drawings that I then like made him let me turn into Rezograph prints. Yeah, and his name's uh, Adam Trout. And from having some experience with Rezograph printing myself, yeah. I look at your table and I'm very impressed because I understand the amount of problem solving that has to go into figuring out how to do all this work that seems so effortless. And when you just talk about like an automated screen printing machine. Um, I think the thing that is difficult to understand is that it's not as simple as just pressing a button. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult and I'm kind of a perfectionist because I've come from like a digital printing and pre-press background, like registration is a big deal for other printers, uh, and and Rezo, that's like one of the hardest things to achieve. Also like heavy ink coverage and you know, all that. So I've just like taken a lot of time and like just tried to learn everything I could about each, each machine is different too. Um, and like the ins and outs, you know, I basically learned by um, trial and error, a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one of my main things is like trying to achieve the perfect print even though it's never really possible you strive for it yeah yeah so you as a risograph printing like service and yeah. working with a larger community um how are you also balancing your own creative drive um i know that you're also part of a band or you were part of several bands so where do you see like your creative work within this larger project or is there like an extension of it elsewhere right um well, for the first two years of me starting this Rezograph company, I was also working full-time at a at the printing house, like another printing company. So basically, all my creative stuff kind of went on hold for about the last year when it got really crazy. So I was working like two full-time jobs, essentially, just like 
building this thing and, and, and working at night at this other print shop. Um, so yeah, I put my band on hold for like a year. It's been a little more than a year now. Uh, and, and I've quit my other job, so I'm now doing full-time Rezo. So the plan is to get a nice routine going and start playing music again. Um, as far as uh, art, like design creativity, artistic creativity, like with visual stuff, I mostly apply that to like color charts and designing like more helpful technical things for, for my business. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, also like running a machine and printing with so many people is at the printing process. I, I feel it can be very collaborative, especially when you're dealing with a machine that can be so finicky as a risograph. And oftentimes I'd imagine part of that is education, like educating people as to how to use the machine, how to set up files correctly. Um, so I'd like to hear a little bit about your experience with that, but also how that helps you to meet more people in Toronto. Like I feel like my understanding of Toronto as an outsider is that it is a, a creative hub. There's a lot of publishers and printers and artists that would want to be working with someone with, like you. Yeah, so definitely the, a big part of Rezo is education. Um, that's why I kind of have to find ways to explain it succinctly. Like screen printing is a good reference for anybody who's ever set up prints for screen printing before. Um, but a lot of it is like, there's a lot of resources online for, for that kind of thing. Um, I have like, you know, key points that I make when I'm talking to somebody via email, I try and cover all the bases. There's always, you know, some other quirk of the machine that I might miss in the process. Like I'll see their art and be like, Oh, right. So you might need to tone down this solid massive ink to like a, a lighter screen so that it doesn't stick to the drum in the machine so it's just like a constant learning process um for me as well because yeah there's there's just so many different um elements to it um as for meeting people in toronto um this method is just kind of blowing up which is cool uh everybody's kind of talking about it it's showing up in a lot of schools already so more of the younger crowd have experience some experience with it, or at least kind of have kind of seen it and can reference it um and if and there's a lot of art going around that is risograph printed so there's a little bit of a buffer there where i can kind of jump in with a little less explanation which is kind of nice but i get to meet like a lot of people and they come to me because they've heard of it already and there's only like basically yeah, uh, two studios Rezo studios in toronto and that's me and color code um there's a few little ones that also pop up here and there but i don't know if they do commercial printing so much yeah and uh, can you describe your studio to us a little bit like <laughs> i asked this because i knowingly asking you to do this uh yeah my studio is basically a, a sectioned a bedroom sectioned off of a, an apartment um, that is really not that large. I've got two machines in there now, uh, 27 drums, uh, uh, 18 of which are housed on two shelves and the rest are tucked under tables and rezos and elsewhere. Um, I've got 
a bunch of ink also on those shelves, all my ink tubes, and then paper, and then and then I've got boxes of paper above it. It's got pretty high ceilings, which is lucky because I can just build up. Uh, and I have one table in the middle and a folding table that I can bring out if I need to collate because there's no room on the other table. Uh, I've got a, a, a cutting machine, uh, a collating tower, a saddle stitching unit, which also is like tabletop, a folding and scoring unit, which is also tabletop. So all this stuff is kind of very modular. I can kind of tuck it away until I need it. And then I've also got wall-mounted um, drying racks, which are really helpful when printing a lot and just like having surface area to put things on. Yeah. But it's very small. It has a very large window and it's above ground, so that's a big bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, Quentin, I'll let you go so you can get back to, to selling and talking to people. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and to tell us more about Bead Press. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you more on tape since we got to hang out a little bit more last year. So, again, thanks. Okay. This is Quentin from Bead Press, and you're listening to Paper Cuts. to paper cuts um i run raw meat collective and i've started it it's been around for six years now and we do independent art book fairs and you're based in new york right yes we've been in new york for two years um we started doing fairs like the queer zine fair ps1 art book fair and just some local zines and releasing new york artists so then we decided to move there <laughs> and where did you move there from um, Providence, where I made work for a year and a half and sort of isolated myself just to produce work in books. Yeah. So, I mean, when you were isolating yourself, were you producing your own books at that point, or were you publishing other people's work? Um, just myself, and I was making work for galleries and different exhibitions, um, some shows in Minneapolis, North Carolina. Um, Mostly New York at that time, because I was traveling between Providence and New York for fairs, shows, and collaborative projects. So the artists that you're working with, um, part of your role as publisher is also being the curator of the line. So how are you uh, approaching artists, or how are you finding people to be working with? Um, we take submissions, and I also creep the internet a lot, and look at a lot of queer artists who are emerging and coming up. We do have a younger range of artists between 20 to 45 at the most. And we try and do a specific theme range with the artists. Um, I handle everything. So if someone comes to me with, say, an idea for a book, we I'll design it, lay it out, publish it, edit it. So, Yeah, it's a lot of work for you to be doing for yourself. It is a lot of work, yes, um, but it is worth it. I want to make the artist completely happy and give them a voice that most galleries, publications will either censor or not show. So how do you define Raw Meat as a collective? Um, it's an LGBTQ femme collective. I work with straight females as well, but mostly gay artists. Um, it really just depends on the project, and we're more than 
open to anything. I work from designers to fine artists to graffiti writers to photographers, and they all are completely different on all different levels. But it really just depends on the project and what is coming out at that time and what they're working on. And sometimes we don't put titles out or I'll wait a couple months because I don't think it's the right time. And artists are okay with hearing that sometimes. But also sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Um, but everyone I work with is really great and really nice and supportive. And yeah, it's going really well right now. Good, good. And so one of the things that's really kind of cool talking with you here, like we're in Toronto for the edition fair, and you've been working with a couple of Toronto artists now, like around the time of the fair? Mm -hmm. uh, Elwyn Murray just did a scruff profile Rizzo Graph scene. Um, it's edition of 50 in it, highlighted different phrases for profiles specifically, and then he did an illustration. We worked with a Toronto Press Vita. I might ruin that name, but that's who we went through to print that. Um, turned out really nice. Robbie Sinclair is another artist we work with. Um, he did a zine for us before, and so he did a new uh, color laser print for us this year. Um, and then we worked with Brendan Hendry on a zine with Robbie as well in 2017, so it felt fitting to release something from Toronto artists. And how are you printing these? Like you mentioned Risograph here with the Feed Press, but... Um, printers are a nightmare. Uh, they're the worst, and they think they're editors, but they're not. So a lot of... I work with many different printers. I would say this year I've worked with five different printers. Three have like denied me just solely based on erotic content or content that they felt didn't fit their printer, which isn't really anyone's opinion. Yeah, so like I released a book for PS1 and I had to pull specific photos just to even send it to a printer in the US, which is a nightmare. That's so crazy. Which, which printer was that? So we know Maybe not to throw they're business. Called, they're called U Press out of Georgia, and they don't ever use them. <laughs> um, in fact, they made me change more than anything. 13 pages of a 40-page book is not something a printer should ask you to change. Jeez, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, well, that sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> what I, what I, I also wanted to hear a little bit more about, like, you have this six-year history with Romney Collective printing and publishing work. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're connected to New York and with uh, Providence, and you've been working with Toronto artists. Where else have you been working with, with other artists at? Um, it just kind of depends. I started off doing Romney Collective um, because of Shannon. Michael Kane asked me to start something. Uh, I was doing paper collages and showing them in galleries, and then I was accompanying zines with them. And then he saw all my work and was like, why don't you start a publishing group? And I was like, I'm a nightmare to work with. Why do I want to work with other artists? Yeah. But then it's actually been really nice. Um, everyone's really receptive. There's a great amount of brainstorming, and there's not really bad ideas in that. So you just go back and forth until you feel like your project's fitted for what the collective is. And we are more darker visual themes. We do more projects about the body and showing the body. Um, 
emotional attachments to the body. Um, yeah, that kind of like emotional and visceral content is something that I've really appreciated with your publishing platform. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's been kind of hard with some titles. Uh, we started off only doing Xerox, and I was printing, cutting, and editing everything. And then we also do objects too, like T-shirts. Um, we've done. I've done five different condom editions, so we're supporting safe sex. We also support preps, so we support unprotected sex. Um, just mostly sex ideas as well. We're very supportive of. <laughs> um, but it's been going well. Like I've never thought at one point I would be publishing other people, just because. I can only imagine what it's like to work with me, <laughs> but I have a really nice group of artists. And have has it changed the way that you're approaching your own work, working with so many other people and, and developing the content for printing? Yeah, Affairs also let me show my own work, so I'll always have a photo book of Polaroids, original Polaroids that I'll show, because I'm always, I'm a photographer in my free time. Um, I have been more focused on other artists and getting their own work out. Um, I just did a book this year called Live, Love, Laugh, and I'll do one photo book a year just of different things I've been working on privately. So it's another way for me to show my own stuff, and I'll show some of those original Polaroids in galleries, and it, it's kind of a fun book to look at at fairs. <laughs> People enjoy it a lot. That's really good. Yeah. But then it also brings me to another like, really interesting thing about what you're doing is the publishing is one facet of your practice, and you're also a photographer and a curator. So where does publishing like, really fit within uh, that larger system for you? Um, yeah, as a curator, I just did a show, and like I said, I was from Providence, Rhode Island. I worked with a gallery, not from there. I lived there for like a year and a half. Um, I worked with a gallery there called Yellow Peril. Um, they asked me to curate a queer show, so I brought in six New York queer artists that I felt were really pushing the mold. Um, that allowed me to show the library itself within a gallery setting, and I mainly control and have a set of standards how I show everything as a curator and the work that I want to feature. Um, we'll be doing more of that in the beginning of next year. Um, but right now, we just had a slew of new titles come out, which is really nice. Like, we did the New York Art Book Fair and had seven new items. We had three for the Toronto Art Book Fair. And we're going to pair with Threadless out of Chicago for an artist store uh, coming out next month. So we're going to allow artists to design shirts. Um, we'll have some raw meat items as well. And yeah, objects. Bath mats, shower mats, duffel bags, anything random, and t-shirts. We should really be doing apparel as well, so I want to focus on that and getting more on that end, too. Then the Chicago Art Book Fair is the next venue that people can find you at? Yeah, we love Chicago. Chicago's really fun. We have a lot of friends there. Um, the Chicago Art Book Fair is really great. They're super supportive. Um, it's one of our favorites. Uh, we'll have... We'll show the Toronto work as well, and we'll probably have two new items, but we're going to mo ma mainly focus on the thread list stuff. Yeah. And for people listening to this, where can we find your work online? Um, you can find all the titles at Rami Collective, uh, Rami Collective on Instagram, and then Kyle Quinn with four N's on Instagram for my personal work.
Excellent. Well, thanks, Kyle. We've been talking about talking for like three or four affairs, so I'm yes. glad we finally got a chance to sit down here. Yes, it's been great. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah, Brickets is great, and everyone should listen and follow the Instagram. <laughs>